Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! It's arrived. March. The madness. And the return of our tournament takeover. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. It's Nuanas Now. ESPN Radio. Most of the time, SWX Montana Television. And all of the time on the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. So happy to be here with you here on your Friday. If you're watching in studio and you don't see us, it's because we're not there. We are on our way to Boise, Idaho, to cover the Big Sky Conference Men's and Women's Basketball Championships live from Idaho Central Arena. Next week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we'll have our full tournament takeover coming to you courtside from Boise, Idaho. And uh, the next Friday, we'll be in Butte, Montana for the Class AA State Basketball Championships. Ton to get to today. Thanks so much to all of our great sponsors for helping us out with our tournament takeover. Tournament takeover this year is presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula, Gray Wolf Peak Casino, Palmer's Drug and Lolo Drug, plus Paradise Falls on the south side of town, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Appreciate all those fine sponsors for their continued support of us here uh, at ESPN Radio. We're going to get you started with our Stockman Bank scoreboard going through some of the Results from the divisional basketball tournaments. The Western AA Boys and Girls Tournaments going on up at Flathead High in Kalispell. And uh, the Eastern AA Tournaments going on at Great Falls High in the Electric City. So we'll go through all of the latest scores from both of those tournaments, boys and girls. So all four tournaments will give you the latest updates 
We're also going to talk with Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz. we got a couple different bits with Riley. Breaking down this Big Sky Conference tournament and how we see the field. We're also going to hear from Justin Rink. He is a defenseman for the Grizz lacrosse team. They are the number one team in the United States in Men's Collegiate Lacrosse Association Division II. First time in their program's history that that has been the case. So Jeff Safford, our voice of Grizz lacrosse, he got up with Justin Rink earlier this week. Tonight, 7.30 p.m. from Washington Grizzly Stadium, Montana hosts Montana State. Number one versus number 11. Grizz haven't beat the Cats in lacrosse in six years. So if you want to go check out some sweet, fun, uh, high-flying action, plus the return of Marcus Knight, former Grizz running back, to the Washington Grizzly Stadium turf, but this time uh, on the lacrosse pitch. Go check him out down there at uh, Washington Grizzly Stadium at 7.30 p.m. tonight. Hour number two, Justin Angle, a business angle, a fun conversation about March Madness and the phenomenon that it still remains. And we'll also hear from the, the head coach of the defending Big Sky Conference men's basketball tournament champions, Danny Sprinkle, Montana State men's basketball coach, will join us as part of our Montana State Minute. So that's what we got for the show today. Let's dive into our Stockman Bank scoreboard. Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. Well, we're on Highway 84, about 130 miles away from Boise, Idaho, and uh, we've seen it all. Wind, flurries of snow, but pretty sunny. Windy a little bit right now, so you'll probably hear a little wind in the background. But the Traveling Radio Show continues. Nuanas now. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. It's our tournament takeover. Thanks to all of our great sponsors for helping us get on the road uh, here as part of our tournament takeover, including Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls has the Big Sky Tournament on for you all weekend long. So go hang out. There's games starting at noon each of the next five days. They got lunch there. They got drink specials. Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street, Missoula, school hot spot. The All Big Sky Awards for the men's side came out today. And I thought uh, a big surprise when it came to the MVP. Eastern Washington was the cream of the crop of the Big Sky Covers this year. They're the number one seed coming in the tournament. They finished 16-2 in league play uh, after winning 16 in a row, which was the best start in uh, league history. Steel Ventures, though, uh, wins the Big Sky MVP. That's the fifth Eastern Washington Eagle in the, in the last seven years to win it. I'm not saying that uh, Eastern didn't deserve an MVP, and I'm not saying Steel Ventures didn't deserve it. Uh, he certainly, I mean, he made huge shots to beat Montana State at Bozeman, to beat Sac State down the stretch, uh, to beat Northern Arizona. So, I mean, he made game-winning plays for sure. I also just thought in terms of who's the most valuable part of their team, the team that makes Eastern Washington the most unorthodox, I thought it was Angelo Allegri. He was also a first-team all-league selection, so he, he certainly got his, uh, his just due. But uh, I thought if you're going to go somebody from Eastern, maybe it was Allegri. But either way, still ventures the Big Sky Conference men's basketball MVP. Darius Brown of Montana State wins Defensive Player of the Year. Isaac Jones of Idaho is the newcomer of the year in the league. Great Osabar, the top reserve, a Montana State uh, sophomore. And Nigel Burris, I would say probably ran away with freshman of the year. There wasn't that many worthy candidates just because the league is so filled with transfers and um, new faces. David Riley, Eastern Washington, the uh, coach of the year. Your first team included Steel Ventures and Allegri, as well as Dylan Jones, who got our vote at Skyline Sports for Big Sky MVP. Uh, he was a unanimous first-team All-League selection for Weber State. Raekwon Battle from Montana State, first-team All-League selection. He was also a unanimous pick. 
and Josh Bannon from Montana lands on the first team. So only five on the first team. Thought there'd be six counting the MVP, but just five. That then knocked guys like Jabril Bello of Montana State and Anand Moody of Montana uh, down to second team. Dalton Connect of Northern Colorado, Isaac Jones of Idaho, and Cameron Parker of Portland State also land on the second team. And then the third team included Callum McCray of Sacramento State, Jalen Cohn of Northern Arizona, Braden Parker of Idaho State, Stephen Verplanken of Weber State, and Darius Brown of Montana State. The honorable mention, Dalen Coots of Northern Colorado, Devontae Moffitt of Idaho, Zach Chappelle of Sacramento State, Ethan Price of Eastern Washington, and Brock McKenzie of Idaho State. We'll debate more about these All-League Awards once Andrew Houghton makes his way to Boise, uh, so stay tuned for that on next week's Nuanas Now. Let's dive into a prep extra. It's presented by Farmers State Bank. Farmers State Bank has been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. Right now they have a great scholarship program going on. They have 10 $10,000 scholarships to be doled out to high school seniors in the state of Montana. Their ideal candidates, a 2.5 to 3.5 GPA and coming from a household of less than $95,000 in total income. These scholarships can be used at vocational schools, trade schools, as well as colleges and universities. If you want to apply, the deadline coming up March 15th, so you only got 12 days from right here, visit FarmersEbank.com backslash scholarships. Here's uh, what's been going down at the divisional tournaments. The Eastern Eastern AA Divisional Tournament is there at Great Falls High in the Electric City. Uh, Yesterday, top-seeded Billings West girls rolled past Belgrade 67-33. Great Falls High protects home court with a 42-33 win over Billings Senior. The Bozeman boys stay hot. They win 59-46 over Great Falls High. The Skyview boys, led by Lane Love, one of the top players in the state, they win 58-50 over the Billings Senior boys. The Gallatin High School girls win 51-39 over Great Falls CMR. Billings Skyview, the defending state champions in girls' hoops, they win 52-39 over the Bozeman girls. The Gallatin boys beat CMR 71-63. And then Billings West, they get a handful from Belgrade, but they do emerge. They win 59-51 in the late game there at the Eastern AA Tournament. Haven't seen any loser out scores today. We'll round some up for you. We'll certainly have a full recap of everything uh, from the weekend on Monday during Nuanas now. The Western AA Tournament, here's your scores from yesterday. Hellgate High School in girls' hoops, they beat Glacier 63-33. How about 26 points, 20 rebounds, and 10 blocks from Alex Coville? The Wilt Chamberlain triple-double, pretty impressive for the uh, Washington State-bound Missoula Hellgate senior. Missoula Big Sky, they beat Helena High 46-39. 14 points each from Cadence Couture and Avery DeCoit. Big Sky and Hellgate, they're the next game up at the Western AA Divisional. Right now, Missoula Hellgate, or excuse me, Missoula Big Sky and Missoula Sentinel are playing in boys basketball. Uh, most recent score I have for you, Big Sky's boys lead Sentinel's boys 18-12 after the first quarter. If you remember, that game came down to the wire, came down to uh, an and one basically at the buzzer that lifted Sentinel past Big Sky late in the regular season. So a good rematch there. Uh, a renewal of the inner city rivalry, but we'll have one in the undefeated semis between the Hellgate girls and the Big Sky girls uh, the next game up there uh, at Flathead High School. Missoula Sentinels girls beat Helena Capital 39-32, so that means all three AA schools from Missoula, their girls basketball teams, into the undefeated semifinals, and uh, the Sentinel girls will play the Flathead girls 
at 5.30 in that uh, undefeated semifinal. Flathead, by the way, they beat Butte 54-48. The Hellgate boys advanced to the undefeated semifinal with a 66-45 win over Flathead. Mario Rosemond led the way with 17 points. Donovan Headswift, 14 points. And Connor Dick had a double-double with 11 points and 10 rebounds. The Glacier boys drilled the Big Sky boys 54-31. And the Helena High boys drilled the Sentinel boys 73-45. That's why Big Sky and Sentinel are playing uh, in that loser-out game. The only loser-out scores we have so far today from the West, the Butte boys, when they light it, they light it. And they win 89-65 over Flathead. So Flathead goes... 0-2 and, and out uh, up there on their home court. Butte stays alive. The Butte girls also stay alive with a 67-59 win over Helena Capital. Butte came into this tournament with only five victories. Capital was a 13-win team, but they go 0-2. So maybe that opens up another uh, path for the Missoula schools. But either way, uh, we have we're going to have at least a couple Missoula schools into the Class AA tournament because we have three of the four in the girls tournament. Uh, into the semifinals. It's your Prep Extra, presented by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank has been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. One last note for you. We will be giving away our Players of the Year awards. We're doing AA Boys and Girls and Class A Boys and Girls. We have four total trophies, and it's a partnership with Vertical Rays. We'll do this uh, probably the week after the state tournaments wrap up. State tournaments are not this weekend, but next weekend, and uh, then probably the week following that. Uh, we'll decide, and uh, we'll have trophies and a presentation and, and all sorts of stuff. Uh, thanks for the idea. Thanks for the, the partnership, and uh, thanks for coming up with all of this fun stuff uh, for, for the guys at Vertical Rays. Online fundraisers have exploded in popularity with athletic programs everywhere due to their effectiveness, higher profit margins, and ease of use. Traditional fundraisers deliver much less profit while requiring much more effort by both players and coaches. That's why Vertical Rays is the premier online donation platform. Vertical Rays utilizes email, text messaging, and social media to exponentially increase the reach of your fundraiser with little effort needed by your coaching staff. No gimmicks, no hidden fees, just results and well-funded programs. Visit verticalrays.com to learn more. We step away from high school hoops for a moment and step into college basketball. What follows is an excerpt from the Inside the Den podcast, presented by Blackfoot Communications and hosted by our great friend Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz. We talk all things Big Sky Conference Tournament. Just like the Inside the Den podcast, this segment is sponsored by Blackfoot Communications. Go check out how Blackfoot can help you and your small business by visiting goblackfoot.com. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, voice of the Grizz, Inside the Den excerpt with myself and Riley Corcoran. It's Coulter Nuanez. Coulter, we haven't done one of these in a while, but of course I was saving it for this exact moment because now we can chronicle the entire season. How does it feel to finally get to Boise and now we have games on the horizon coming well, up? Well, I thought that the uh, the men's league, which I know we're going to get into, was a little bit of a slog this year until it came down the stretch and then it got really fun down the stretch once we had some seating scenarios and things like that. I thought the women's race was awesome. I think women's basketball just in general at the Division One level is in a much better place than men's basketball is. There's a lot of reasons for that, improvements in the game. Uh, also, just the ability to sort of harness the the evolution of the transfer portal. There's a lot more familiar faces on the women's side. But all that said, uh, now the games matter the most, and uh, it's exciting to be here in Boise. So thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. It's crazy, and it's, it's wild for both of these teams, or for really for every team that's had success throughout the year because the teams at the bottom can hit the reset button, and it's all reset from here as we talk with Coulter Nuanez. This is the Inside the Den pro- 
podcast brought to you by Blackfoot, the official digital partner of Grizzly Athletics. Okay, themes from the conference this season. You you have watched men's basketball in the big sky throughout. Do you feel the league is better? Is it more even? Is the bottom better? Is the top watered down? We've heard pretty much a little bit of everything. Conference RPI, Ken Palm ratings, all those things come into play. Just from what you've seen with your eyes, what stands out to you? I think the last couple years we've seen a massive transformation of the Big Sky Conference. I think there's several reasons for that. First of all, you had several of the longest tenured coaches in the league step away. Randy Ray was at Weber State for 16 seasons. Brian Katz was at Sac State for 16 seasons. You knew those guys were always going to be competitive. Like, was Sac ever going to go win the league under Brian Katz? Every once in a while, he'd have a team that maybe could make a little noise. But he also knew Sac was going to have just two or three of the best guys in the league, and they're going to be a team that could beat you any night out. They're a team that was going to win 8-10 to 10 league games. Well-prepared. Well-prepared, tough to play against, tough-minded, all that stuff. And, I mean, Coach Ray, is, the resume speaks for itself. He's the, uh, the all-time winning coach in the history of the Big Sky Conference, You know, five-time Big Sky Coach of the Year. So losing those guys was definitely interesting. There was also a moment in time where – the league had a bunch of guys that were that were uh, hired because of their recruiting prowess. Brian Fish, Montana State. Don Berlin, Idaho. Jack Murphy, Northern Arizona. And those guys were bringing in a higher caliber player than their program had seen. Guys like Fish and Murphy didn't have a lot of success with those players. They were kind of stuck in the middle of the league, even with an influx of talent. But I also think the thing that has changed the Big Sky a lot is the exit of Southern Utah. Because Southern Utah did it different than pretty much everybody else. They were doing the transfer portal carousel years before everybody else sort of was forced to go down that route. So I think we've seen the league change quite a bit. I also think, though, we've seen a sort of a re-establishment uh, of the hierarchy of coaches. You still have Travis Takir from Montana as a stalwart there, but then you have a couple of the best young coaches on the West Coast. Danny Sprinkle at Montana State, David Riley at Eastern Washington. Those have both had I- impacts on the, on the league as well. I know as we record this, it's less than a week since Idaho fired their guy in Zach Klaus. What a brutal way to get fired. We could do a whole radio segment on how they mishandled that situation not once, not twice, but three times. Regardless, though, Idaho being at the bottom of the league also just changes the landscape of the conference because, you know, when they came back from the WAC, they were absolutely towards the top of the league. They haven't been there. So I think that to answer your question, I think that we look at the RPI – the league is sitting at 17th or 18th, depending on which week you look at it, which is better than it has been the last couple of years. There's also no teams ranked in the bo- at 300 or below. I think the last ranked team is 281 Idaho. for Idaho. So that means there's 65 to 70 Division I teams that are worse than Idaho. I think that says way more about the state of low-level men's college basketball than it does about the quality of the Big Sky Conference. Because I hearken back to the last two years in Reno when the Grizz were cutting down the nets at the end. The teams they had to beat along the ways, all those teams are better than the teams that are in the league right now. Andre Spite and Jordan Davis's Northern Colorado team. Or Montana State and Harold. The Cats are an anomaly because they had these great players under Fish, but they're a way better team now under Sprinkle. But, you know, you look from Southern Utah to uh, those great Idaho teams. North Dakota. North had Dakota a had a couple great teams. Weber with Joel Ballenboy and Jeremy Sangler and those guys. So I, I don't know if you were to put like some of the mid-2010s teams against Eastern or Montana or Montana State from this year, I don't know if they are as good. Also, though, I think it's been way harder to analyze because there's so many new faces. 
that's the number one point I'd make about the league this year, Riley. The second half of the league was so much better to watch than the first half because the first half nobody knew how to play together. <laughs> Only one team knew how to play together, and that was Eastern Washington. That's why they ran the table. Then Montana, Montana State, they all start learning how to play together, and it, the basketball became way more appealing the second half. And Weber State as well, 15-7, and seven, I think something like that in their final 22 games. Great points across the board and kind of chronicling the last decade here of Big Sky Conference basketball as we chat with Colter Nuanez here in Boise getting set for the Big Sky Conference tournament. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the coaches and being longest tenured now. When I told Travis that for the first time in a pregame interview, he kind of gave me a double take. Right. He, he didn't even realize Because you're not, and he's the longest tenured coach of the league, right? Right, he is, and he's wow, okay, yeah, I guess I am the old guy now anymore. But uh, let's transition to, to teams in this league because I feel that, you know, you and I, we, we, we chat regularly throughout the conference season. Okay, power rankings, who surprised you, all of those things. And to me, it just feels, culture that there's a little separation between the top four and the other six. With that being said, do you agree with that, number one? And number two, biggest surprise team this year, it could be either good or bad. I think there's a lot of separation between the top four yeah. and everybody else. I actually don't think that Idaho State and Sac State, the other two teams that got buys outside the top four, are any better than Northern Arizona or Northern Colorado or even Portland State. I think there's only really one team that's not very good, and that's Idaho. And I think they're going to have the hardest time making any noise because yeah. they're going to be playing under a, a coach that has had the job for five days by the time they take the I court. Mean, that was just a segue, and that, that was so bizarre. We were there. <laughs> totally we, we were there on Monday night, and when the Vandals came out of the locker room, I mean, there were tears, stoic faces, and, and we knew something happened. That, that was totally bizarre across the board. But but yes, uh, I, maybe it ignites them, and they go. They steal that game on a Saturday. You know, there is this new format, which I know we're going to get to. But <laughs> regardless, yeah, I thought based on eye test, what I saw live and in person, mostly sitting at Dahlberg Arena, and, and sometimes sitting at Brick Breeden Fieldhouse, that I thought that the fifth best team I saw was Northern Arizona. And I know they're sitting there at nine, but they lost after their overtime loss to Weber. They lost eight games by three points or less. They lost as the buzzer sounded twice. I've never heard of that. A basketball team oh, losing truly at the horn on a walk-off twice. I mean, those the, Portland State games. The, the, I mean, the Portland State second one is it's not possible. No. It's not possible. You're not supposed to be able to get a shot off in half a second. And they not only got the tip shot off, but they made it I mean. out of full course pass. So I don't mean, you know, if you're a betting man, maybe sprinkle a little money on Northern Arizona to make a run in this tournament because they have had all of the bad luck. They can't think that, you know, that luck has to turn around at some point. But I thought they were actually better eye test-wise than Idaho State, better eye test-wise than Sac State, better eye test-wise than Portland State. So maybe Northern Arizona is a team that can make a run. I also think that Northern Colorado... Uh, Northern Colorado is such a litmus test for proving what I have long believed about basketball. Having a bunch of ball-dominant scoring guards, it doesn't get you anywhere because if one guy has the ball, the other two guys are just standing around watching. It doesn't get you anywhere. That's where Northern Colorado has been stuck in the mud all year long. That said, they do have three guys that could go off for 25-plus points and in a tournament game that could win you a game or two. I would love to spark some debate here and pick a different surprise team, but to me... It is Northern Arizona. To me, all year long, they have been the fifth best team in this league. They're dangerous going in. Northern Colorado, they're they're sneaky because now they're they're obviously their season has went way south, but they can hit the reset button. That's they can right. have a fresh mentality to where they're a little bit dangerous. Who would have ever thought that Northern Colorado, of all the talent they had coming back, that they would miss Kerr Jones Cooch maybe the most of anybody. <laughs> For sure, though. Down below. Uh, you gotta have rim protection. Yep. I mean, they they Steve Smiley told me that on my ESPN <laughs> radio show. He said, Hey, 
Kerr Jankuch and Bodie Hume were the reason we were able to play all these three- and four-guard lineups because we had somebody that could protect the rim. They had nobody to protect the rim. It's been a a black hole. That's been a huge issue for a lot of teams in the Big Sky Conference, and the teams that have been able to protect the rim, Eastern, Montana State, Montana's figured it out a little bit here these last six or seven games. And, of course, Weber, those are the teams that are the top four in the league. I think it's been one of the the primary factors in success. Perfect segue now. This is, of course, the Inside the Den podcast as we chat with Coulter Nuanas. It's always brought to you by Blackfoot, a great partner for both the Inside the Den podcast, the digital partner of Grizzly Athletics, and everything Coulter does with Skyline Sports and ESPN Missoula. So it is the Inside the Den. I want to ask you specifically your take on the Grizz. I get the front row seat. I get to see it. I want your perspective on it. They've been a different team in the back half of play. This has been a polar opposite season from last year where they lost 8 of 11. They didn't have it figured out. Now, a team with momentum. What have you seen if you've chronicled our conference journey here this season? I think that, first of all, I said this on my uh, ESPN radio show uh, early last week. Sometimes, oftentimes, I am way harder on the Grizz than any other team, both men's and women's basketball. And so much of that is because one of the main opponents for the Grizz and Lady Grizz all the time is themselves, their history. There isn't another arena you can go to in the big sky where there's 40 banners hanging up there between the two basketball programs. So sometimes it, I, I don't I don't ever want to be unfair, but we are really hard on Montana because the expectations to me for the Grizz and, and Lady Grizz, especially the men Grizz because they've had so much stability under Travis Takir, is conference championships. That's what the expectation is. So the last couple of years when the Grizz have been stuck in the middle of the league and they've had these massive stretches where they've, quite frankly, playing bad basketball that's hard to watch, it's been mystifying to me. I mean, I grew up in Missoula. I can't ever remember times when the Grizz were both not winning and not very fun to watch. That That's a completely new thing. Well, I think that this team deserves a ton of credit because midway through the season, you're sitting there thinking they, they, they might have lost it. They... they they're three and six this year. They have they're, they're at even five hundred over their last fifty plus Big Sky Conference games. They might just be a middle of the road program now. Maybe they just lost their magic touch, and then they completely changed it. They changed the way that they played. They changed the hierarchy of leadership. They changed their ball distribution, the roles, everything. I think that the three things that I've seen that have really boosted this team to be, I think, arguably probably the second, the hottest or second hottest team in the league coming the tournament. See, it's the Cats and the Grizz. Yep. That's who it is. The three things I've seen change the most, though, are one, they have defined hierarchy of leadership. It was Josh Bannon. Now it's Anand Moody and Josh Bannon together, and those two guys have uh, distinctly different personalities, which I think really helps this team. And helps Coach Secure. It helps Coach Secure for sure. I mean, Anand Moody being the guy, like we've talked about this extensively on ESPN and on this podcast. Coach Secure needs a guy that's going to go back at him. He needs a guy that's going to, you know, when he gets yelled at, makes him better. He had that for so long. Ahmad Rory, Syed Pridget. Now he's got another guy on and Moody because he's older. He's mature. He can do it. So I think the redistribution of the, the hierarchy of leadership has been huge. I think the putting Josh Bannon on the ball in the half court has been absolutely enormous because now you have a truly unguardable player. If you, if you have a guy who can guard Bannon out to 25 feet, that's fine. He's the best passing big in the league. If you have a guy who can't guard him, he's getting in the rim, he's slapping the glass off the left side of the backboard all day. And so it makes your offense pretty much unstoppable, especially when Moody moves like he does off the ball. And now you get what you get from Brandon Whitney, but you don't have to rely on it. If Brandon Whitney gets you six points, but he plays good defense, you're fine. If he gets you 20 points, 
you're giddy. And so I think that's been the, the, a huge part. And then I also think that they fundamentally changed their offense as well. They've been running this Stu Morrill high-low from 1989 yeah. forever. They stopped doing it. They're running the motion offense now, which actually caters to their shooters who can move well without the ball, particularly Moody, but also guys like Lionel Martin, guys like uh, Deshaun Thomas. And that, in turn, has made them a lot better to watch as well. So I think they deserve a ton of credit because – I, I, I thought they were too stubborn to change anything, and then they changed everything. And it's made it so that they're actually playing their best basketball they've played in multiple years. And wild to think, they lead the Big Sky Conference now in three-pointers, made three-point percentage. They have set it up for their shooters. On and Moody, I mean, you've covered this league a long time. I mean, a story like On and Moody to be the seventh, eighth guy at Southern Utah. Yeah. You know, go from North Dakota to Southern Utah. Yeah. He told me he wasn't sure. He, he was almost settling on the fact he was probably going to be a Division II player maybe for uh, the final year or two. And to see him now be potential all-conference, we'll get into that in a second, but just the evolution of his career to go from a 7th, 8th man to Southern Utah to now, what has that been like to see from from your lens as well? Well, I think two things. It's affirmed to me, one, that (laughs) this is why I have so much confidence in analyzing college basketball. (laughs) There's sort of the notion amongst the public, well, you don't know as much as the coaches. I sometimes think the coaches don't know as much as we think they do or they get stuck in their own ways of believing. Southern Utah put on and Moody in a pigeonhole. They said, you are a stand-in-the-corner set shooter. That's not what he is. Mm-mm. He's not tall enough to be the, the corner three-point shooter, the three-and-D type guy that the NBA has sort of made so popular. He has to be a guy that moves without the ball. He has to be a focal point of your offense because then if he is, he's a guy that can get you 20 every single night. So I think that he was miscast. I think that's on the coaches that he played for before he got here. The other thing, though, is I think that sometimes we see guys get miscast and they lose the joy of the game. That's what I see in Anand Moody. He made a conscious decision to start having fun again. And that also has revolutionized everything that the Grizz do because who has been a bigger fan favorite than Anand Moody? I mean, he's the most popular Grizz of the last four years, right? I mean, those chants and Delbert When Reed he's doing something. the one, two, three, four, after his four-point plays, he's blowing kisses to everybody. I mean, it's amazing, man. It's so fun to watch. I just love him. Uh, I just love watching him play. And uh, it is. It's a, it's an awesome story, and I'm so happy for him. Cool. Talking with Culture Nuanas, a couple more for you here as we're down in Boise getting ready for the conference tournament. Culture has so much great content work coming out all week long, whether it's the ESPN Plus broadcast for the conference tournament Skyline Sports MT or his daily radio show on ESPN Missoula. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. 
is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. ESPN Radio Missoula and the ESPN MT app, as well as SWX Montana. We're joined now by a star of the Montana Grizzlies lacrosse team, Jeff Safford, visiting with Justin Rank. He plays defense for the Montana Grizzlies lacrosse team. Off to a 5-0 start this season. Justin, thanks for coming in for a few minutes. Thanks, Jeff. It's good to be here. So a 5-0 start to the season, huge weekend taking down the number one ranked at the time, Tommies of St. Thomas, and now you are the top dogs. And MCLA Division II Lacrosse just announced today, we're recording this on a Wednesday, announced today you're the new number one ranked team. How cool is that? It's pretty cool. The rankings are awesome. They come out every week. So it's nice to be number one. It uh, hasn't happened since I was here, but... The thing is, now that we're number one, every single person is going to be gunning for us. Every team wants to give us their best. But that's also good because we get to prove ourselves every single week and prove why we are there. You had a great start to the season and high expectations coming in. You were the number three ranked team in the preseason polls. Also, were a team that went to the national semifinals in Round Rock, Texas at the national tournament a season ago. But how have you been able to live up to those expectations playing well so far? And what does your team still need to work on after these first couple of games? I think after last year, it only left us with wanting more because we didn't get where we wanted then. And I think that now there's a fire beneath us to do that this year. And the beginning of the year was a great start for that. We have progress to be made and we're not going to stop on that front. The team has been doing really well. We've lost a lot of key players from last year, but we got a bunch of new kids who are really talented, young. They're good players and it's just finding the puzzle pieces that fit into our team and making a cohesive unit out of it. We've got the skill right now, but building that puzzle is, is what the work is now. Defenseman for the Montana Grizzlies lacrosse team, Justin Rink, joining us here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. And you touched on it, some newly signed, newly acquired players really showing out. Aiden Havens from this past weekend comes to mind. He had six goals and there's two wins against St. Thomas, the number one ranked Tommies from a week ago. Also Minnesota Duluth, a ranked team. But we've also seen Miles Hess, Peter Curran, guys that people are familiar with yourself. Returners from last year, Carson Burrill, the All-American as well. So how has it been a nice mix of youth and experience with this team? The younger kids that have come in have brought new skill sets that we didn't have last year. And the experienced players have signed and stepped up to what they were last year. So there's not much progress. There's not much lacking from last year. And they're all fired up for this year. And looking back to this past weekend, obviously, St. Thomas, a team that people look at as a benchmark, so to speak, in this level of lacrosse, six national championships, and you got a huge win, led for most of the game. They only led in the first quarter. Once you jumped out to that three to one lead in the first, it was all Grizz after that. It's a win that will get people's attention. And you had a game to remember, 11 ground balls, a career high. You were matched up with Garrett Hoke, an All-American himself, the attackman for the Tommies all game long. Just kind of seemed to be spying him all game, just following him wherever he went on the field. And you being a senior captain, kind of a new role for you this year, did you look to take it upon yourself to set the tone against the Tommies? And did it help to have seen that opponent last year out in Denver? Yeah, it helped to see them before, and they went farther than we did in the tournament. Well, they went to the same spot, and they did really well. So we kind of knew what they were bringing to the table this year, and our team really showed out. Our defense was 
played great. Carson, Burrell, Sean Sealer, all of them shut down their guys too. The middies played great defense. And like you said, Aiden Havens had a day for himself, played really well. And the Tommies are a great team. They are every year. And it never feels bad to take down a number one seed. Now, speaking of the Tommies, touched on the reputation, the six national championships. You get the win against St. Thomas. And despite this huge victory, yes, players seem to me excited. You didn't see any post-game karaoke parties or champagne baths or anything like that. It seemed like the team knows that their biggest goals are ahead of them. How important was it to have that mindset after the win to not be too high on it? Yeah, after a big win like that, it gets it can get kind of party type feeling, but the entire team knew that it's the beginning of the season. We have bigger goals ahead of us. We have more that we want to accomplish and we can't get sidetracked by the current accolades in that quest. Justin Rink, the defensive conference player of the year from last year in the PNCLL conference playing Lax here in Missoula, joining us here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. And you've taken on a little bit of a different role this season as a captain. Has that given you more of a fire to play bigger in bigger moments? Mention the huge game you had against the Tommies of St. Thomas, also being named the National Player of the Week this past week by the conference, or I should say the MCLA itself. Yeah, and it's always good to be able to step up when your team looks for you to to rely on. And I want to be that person for the team. I want them to be able to look to me if they need anything. And if they need someone to rely on, I can be there. But, I mean, this last weekend, there were so many players on that field that stepped up. It was never just me. And we have a whole bunch of really good captains on the team this year. Now, you yourself, you play a pretty unique style of lacrosse, going with guys pretty big and physical, but not only that, you just seem to have this swagger on the field, and you see the face paint, just this intimidating factor. Has that always been something you've tried to work into your game, or do you have any sort of, I guess you could say, inspiration behind that? I've always played with a little bit more physical style of lacrosse, just because the size and now I guess it's more of a redemption factor because I took so many years off of lacrosse and just kind of took a step away from the game for a while and now it's it's almost like a revenge tour for me to come (laughs) back and play there you go so you yourself you're a native of upstate New York how in the world did you end up out here in Montana well, I went to, I was, grew up in New York, played high school in New York. Uh, after high school, I went and played college lacrosse in Massachusetts for two years and graduated from there and stopped playing lacrosse, like I said, about five years, then got a job from out east to Montana, got to move here for the job and wanted to pursue more in school. So I left that to come back and now I'm here and playing lacrosse and the days couldn't get better. Upstate New York, all the way to Montana. Story here every day. Not so much. Justin Rink visiting with us here on Nuanas Now. A couple more questions here for you, and we'll get you rolling. Now, Grizz Lacks, I feel, the program itself and the game of lacrosse in general is definitely a family-like environment. You hear a lot in sports, your teammates are your brothers, kind of that old colloquialism. But to me, it really is true with Grizz Lacks. You see the team bonding trips on the river or fly fishing or the team dinners, the parents setting up catered meals for you on the road, cheering you on. How has this been unique for you in your lacrosse experience, being a guy who just touched on all your different experiences? 
This has been way different. I've never experienced something like this. The Grizz family is huge, widespread, and they always show out to games, for meals, whatever it is. Even on the team, it's a family experience. And I've been on a bunch of lacrosse teams, and I've this one has to be the most like that. And it really feels good when you're on the road, and it feels like you're traveling with your whole family. Now, we've looked back on St. Thomas and the 5-0 and start, but now it's time to look forward. And it's a big one coming for you on Friday. Here, kitty, kitty, here come the Bobcats of Montana State, a program that you've frankly struggled with. It's been over six years since you've beaten the Bobcats. MSU, yes, losing to St. Thomas, but still a very good team. They've got solid goalkeeping, good midfielders, pretty strong all the way around. Chris Kelly, also a very experienced coach for the Bobcats, and you know that they're going to give you their best. The number 11-ranked team just announced today, Wednesday, as we record this. And you also were able to see the Bobcats last weekend in Minot, North Dakota. So what do you expect from the Cats? The Cats have a great team this year. They always do, and it's always a tough game when we play them. For this game, though, rankings don't matter. It's a Grizz-Cat game. It's going to be energetic no matter what the rankings ever were. And it's just going to be a battle from start to finish. Emotions are always running high during that game, and it's going to be whoever keeps a level head is going to come out on the other end. Did you see anything when you watched them in person last week in Minot that you'll look to exploit or something that you'll look for in terms of a strategy? Yeah, we watched their offense. We watched their defense a little bit. Their offense has some really great players. They've got good Dodgers, and they're big shooters. They'll shoot from anywhere. So our defense has just been working on on that and keeping an eye on them. And I know that our offense will have no problem with their defense. They're, they're really good players, and they're really smart. Justin Rank, defenseman for the Montana Grizzlies lacrosse team, visiting with us. One last question here for you. Simply spoken, what's the key to a Grizz victory against Montana State? Key to a Grizz victory is energy, energy all day. We can't, we can't come out hot. We can't end hot. We have to stay hot the whole entire game. There we go. He's Justin Rink, senior captain, Montana Grizzlies lacrosse. Catch the Grizz in action Friday night on the ESPN MT app. Face-off set for 7.30 inside of Washington Grizzlies Stadium. Grizzlies will also face off with the University of Idaho on Sunday at noon. Also on the app, ESPN MT. Justin Rank, thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Thanks, Jeff. We'll keep it rolling on One Is Now right after this. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. One, two, three. is now on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio and the ESPN MT app, Coulter Nuana is on the way to Boise, Idaho. Our tournament takeover continues. Here's the second part of our conversation with Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz from the Inside the Den podcast, as well as the Big Sky Breakdown podcast. We knew we were going to talk about a similar subject, so we figured we might as well just do it all together. Tournament takeover presented in part by Palmer's Drug and Lolo Drug. If you don't know what sort of a difference having a local pharmacy in your life can make to your life, 
Go check these guys out. Palmer's Drug, located there off of Southwest. Higgins Lolo Drug, located right when you get into the town of Lolo. They have all your over-the-counter medicines that you might need, but it's also a great place to go so you don't get caught in the wash, so to speak. They're going to give you personalized care. You're going to support your local friends and neighbors, and uh, that's going to give you great service overall. Don't wait in line at the corporate pharmacies. Go check out Palmer's Drug on Southwest Higgins and Lolo Drug. They're right in the town of Lolo. More with Riley Corkin, Voice of the Grizz. What's your thoughts on this new format this season? Because uh, earlier this week in Moscow, people were still confused at 7 plays 8 and 9 plays 10. Right. You got the bye. The, well, your, just your thoughts on the, on the new format, Colton. Well, I think that they did it to protect the top seeds more. That's what I think the biggest argument from the coaches always has been. There's been There's really been no difference in the top seeds. For a long time, you had to win three games in three days on the men's side. Yep. No matter what. Now you do get a, a, a built-in day off, which helps a lot, I think. In terms of this year, though, again, I don't think uh, – <laughs> I think that five through ten are not all the same. No. In, in the men's side. So I don't really know how much I, – I guess we won't know until we see how it all plays out. I, d- I do think they did a better job protecting the top seeds, but I don't really think that we'll know anything more in terms of the new format until we see it. My only call is this. On Sunday, whether it's the men's or the women's side, yep. one of the top four seeds is going down. One, two on the men or one, two on the women. Someone's going to get upset because I feel the teams that play on Saturday, sure. they get a game on that court and yep. knowing that, that there's not much separation yep. from five through ten – Something's going to happen. I'm not saying who. Yep. Somebody, I think, is going down on Sunday. The, the, the domino is going to be if Idaho shows up to play. <laughs> if Idaho doesn't show up to play under a first-time head coach and Northern Arizona runs them out of the gym, Northern Arizona is going to be feeling like kings of the world. And then they're going to take all the momentum into playing the top seed in Eastern Washington. Who has no momentum. Who has no momentum. Who has lost their last two coming in after an 18-game winning streak. Okay, all-conference teams. This has been a great topic of debate. It just who would be your all-conference teams? We don't know when the turn- when the conference is officially going to release all of it, but just your all-conference tournament teams, and is there a no-doubt MVP in your eyes? I think Dylan Jones is the no-doubt MVP. I think that Weber State would be nowhere close to the third-place team. I think Weber is the same as everybody else, if not toward the bottom of the league if they don't have Dylan Jones. That's not taking anything away. I think Weber has fine role players. Dylan Jones is just a completely unique player. I mean, he is hes the greatest rebounder I've seen in the league in probably 10 years. Probably Joel Ballenboy at yeah. Weber is the last guy that compares to Dylan Jones rebounding-wise. But guess what? They also play him at point guard in, the, in their offense. And he's like 6'7", 240 pounds coming downhill at you. I mean... There's been more close games in the Big Sky this year than any other league in the country. That's a fact. I think there's been 29 games that came down to three points or less. Dylan Jones straight up won three games at the buzzer for Weber State. He beat Sac State by himself twice by getting to the rim at the horn two different times. So, I mean, you talk about adding to winning basketball. The dude's got 19 double-doubles. I mean, he is... He's a freak, man. He's he's a high major player. He's one of those guys you can put on any team, any conference in the country, and he's playing. He's getting run at every single every single conference in the country. So I think that he's the MVP for sure. I think there's only two other surefire first-team All-League guys. I think it's Raekwon Battle at Montana State. I think it's Angelo Allegri at Eastern Washington. I think you have to watch Eastern to know why Allegri is the surefire guy. Still, Vendors has made a bunch of big shots. Mm-hmm. I think he deserves some first-team consideration. But Allegri's the straw that serves the drink. He's the dude that makes them go. 
they can play this unorthodox big lineup because he is the guy that can play point guard. So I think that that gives them a big boost up. But then I think, so I would have those four, Battle, Jones, Allegri, Venters, all my first team. And then I think the debate for the last two spots is between several different guys. It is going to be fascinating, too, because I agree with you. Those top four are there. you got to throw two on there from Eastern. Interesting, the Venters-Allegri debate, but I, I think Dylan Jones obviously wins the MVP as well. Then you throw on and Moody, Josh Bannon. Then you have the, the debate of guys that have put up good numbers but maybe haven't resulted in wins or on bad teams. Got a Cam Parker, a Dalton Connect. You've got Jalen Cohn. So Isaac Jones, they put up good numbers. Where does all that mix? It'll be interesting as we uh, – kind of find out all the list here together yeah i'm not gonna uh i'm gonna stick to exactly what i've always said throughout the years if you're on a team with a losing record you don't get to be in consideration on my first or second team all big sky that's it in basketball statistics are for losers because if you're putting up big time statistics and you're losing then your statistics don't matter Correct. Give me the guy that's hitting big shots like steel ventures to win games or dylan jones to win games over guys that average five to ten more points than them. I mean, Cam Parker's put up the most ridiculous stats in the league. Paul State went six and eleven in league play. You don't get to be on my first or second team. So I think that the only teams I'm going to be voting from are those top four we've already talked about: Eastern Montana State, Weber State, Montana, and then Idaho State. I think Brock McKenzie probably sneaks onto that second team. Braden Parker because he hit he hit a bunch. Of, Brock yeah. McKenzie really carried Idaho State down the stretch. He was the man in that game when they beat Eastern Washington, which is kind of their signature win of the year. But I think that the, the debate for the, the last two spots on the first team are between a couple Grizzlies, Anna Moody and Josh Bannon, and then a couple Bobcats, Jarrell Bello, Darius Brown. I think all four of those guys have to be somewhere in the, the, that top ten. And uh, then, you know, how do you round out your, your 11th guy? I don't know. I, I, I don't know where you go there. I don't think there's anybody from Weber that really rises up and grabs that spot. I don't think there's anybody from Eastern that really rises up and grabs that spot. Dalton Connect leading scorer in the league. I know that they took eighth, but maybe. Yeah, maybe. Second yeah, team. maybe you throw Connect on the second yeah. team just because they did win a couple games late. They beat Idaho State late. I don't know. But I, I do think, to me, it's got to be two guys each from those top three or four teams. I'm, I'm with you on that. Winning, you have to reward winning. Okay, Colter, we're going to talk with Ace Sauerwein about the, the women's tournament coming up. So I've got one final question for you. I'm not going to put you on the spot. Everybody wants you to pick a winner. I'm not going to do that. I know you well enough to. You want the best story. That's right. So tell me what the best story would be on Wednesday night in oh, Boise. Wow. Man. Or see, just the tournament that's in actually, general. That's actually really a good question because I think that, first of all, I think there's only four teams that can win the tournament. I think it's the top four seeds. Yeah. I think all four of them would be tremendous stories. I think if the Cats repeat, that's a tremendous story, especially this day and age of college basketball where you have to manage the hype and the transfers and the roster overturn, and you had to deal with the the potential of your coach leaving in the offseason like they did last year with Danny Sprinkle, that'd be a great story. If the Grizz resurrect themselves and, I mean, from what they were to where they fell to then what they could be, that's an amazing job by Travis DeCure. I know that he was frustrated. We talked to Trav every single week. I know he was beyond frustrated with the state of affairs with Grizz basketball as a guy who's coaching at his alma mater. If they were to go out and win it, especially if it was on the legs of On and Moody, that's a that's 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 a one shining moment story. I mean they're getting featured in the NCAA tournament yeah. if they go to the NCAAs behind On and Moody, the twenty five year old who's married with kids who's with on his, who's on his third school and he's, you know, from middle of nowhere, North Dakota. I mean, it's an awesome story, yeah. man. 
the only way Weber wins is if Dylan Jones is completely freaks out. But that would be a great story because he's the he's the biggest he's the the most surefire pro in the league. Yeah. I think Josh Bannon and Jabril Bello are are in that same conversation. But Dylan Jones is gonna make money playing basketball for a really long time. So if he freaks out and uh, leads Weber to the title, that would be a great story. And then Eastern Washington, I mean. Riley, you and I were in Indianapolis in the most unorthodox NCAA tournament we will ever go to. Ever. And we watched Weber, or excuse me, Eastern Washington take Kansas all the way down the wire. Tanner Groves looks like the second coming of Bill Walton. The dude's scoring 35 points. Like, they're going heads up with, with a Big 12 team. We're like, what? This is Kansas. In a high school gym. In a high school gym. <laughs> Shortly after that tournament, we watched Kansas. I can't remember who. We watched them just blow the doors off of somebody. And you're like, wow, Eastern's pretty good because Kansas killed whoever they played in the second round to go to the Sweet 16 that year. Uh, then literally everybody walked out the door. Shate Leggins, their top eight players, and all their assistant coaches left. David Riley's sitting there like, hey, guys, can I come play? Like, what, what? 33 years old at the time, too. Just, they just walk out, and you're sitting there with all the stuff going on at Eastern. With the fact that there's this uh, study, the viability of Division One athletics, the football program has fallen from grace. We'll see if they can get back on track. That's a whole different tangent, though. For all of that scuttle to be going on, and then in your second year to go make one of the great runs, I mean, I know they've lost two in a row, but their 16-year-old start is the greatest start in the history of the Big State Conference. That is the best start ever in this league, and this league's been around since 1963. So if they were to then bounce back from those two losses, go on a run. They're going to have to go through at least two of the top four teams to get there. Uh, that would be a hell of a story as well. So I think all the stories are pretty great. You covered that perfectly. That was the, good. The best, I agree with you. Honestly, and I'm not just pandering to the crowd listening to this story, the best story would be if the Grizz won the tournament. From where they were at, Sacramento State. Because, I mean, seriously, you yeah. and I were texting the night that they lost at home to fall to three and six. And I was like stat checking with you. I'm like, do I have this right? Like the Grizz are below 500 over the last three years. They're at 500 in conference play. What the heck is going on? And since then, they've only lost a rivalry game and that's it. So uh, it's been quite a turnaround. If they could keep it going, it would be a pretty good story. Well, no matter what, it's going to be a fun week here in Boise. Coulter Nuanas, this was a great chat. So much insight. I know a lot of Big Sky fans, not only Grizz fans, enjoyed the heck out of this. Thanks so much for what you do. And, and tell everybody where they can find your work all week long. Is I will say, I'm not just pandering to you. You probably will be the busiest guy down here in Boise <laughs> for the next couple of days. Yeah, we got all sorts of stuff coming. We're going to have daily feature stories every morning. So for those uh, Grizz people listening out there, we got a feature coming out on Carmen G. Feller. We also have a feature coming out on Josh Bannon. So uh, excited for those ones to drop. Uh, that's SkylineSportsMT.com. We'll also have Big Sky Breakdown podcasts each evening, recapping the day that was with wow. instant reaction from myself, uh, Andrew Houghton, Brooks Nuanas, maybe Riley Corcoran, depending on who played in the games. But just kind of quick hitting 20-minute little recaps uh, each evening, SkylineSportsMT.com. And then I'll also have... Daily radio shows Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday on 102.9 ESPN Radio in Missoula, uh, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT apps. Go check out all that stuff.
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 